The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Jr. Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. And we are live. Welcome back to another edition of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. Right off the bat, I want to say hopefully this is sounding a whole lot better. Shout out to Windows for updating 10 minutes before last week's podcast that caused all kinds of board issues. <laughs> Luckily, we were able to get it somewhat up and running, but hopefully this one sounds a whole lot better. Again, welcome to the Weekly Harvest Podcast. My name is Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations with the Brandon Weekings. I'm Brandon Crow, the uh, radio voice on Q Country Radio, and that is where uh, those of you watching online tonight uh, are uh, tuning in. A couple of you are already chimed in, and for those of you uh, that are uh, tuning in on the traditional podcast format, uh, again, uh, thank you uh, for uh, joining us. Episode 20 of the Weekly Harvest, a special guest joining us from down in uh, Morden. Uh, he's 25th all-time in the franchise games playlist with 254, he had 234 total points in his career, and a lot of people remember him for one goal and one goal only, the biggest goal of his career, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Jay Fair joins us on episode 20, and uh, we were just talking off air. Uh, Jay, you've been, you've been keeping busy and, and you know still working through all of this. Uh, just tell the Weeking fans uh, what you've been up to lately. Um, yeah, just uh, working. Uh, we do uh, work on grain elevators a lot, so um, yeah, I guess they got to keep running and whatnot, so it's essential service. Um, yeah. Me and my wife just had a baby boy uh, seven months ago, so he keeps us busy during uh, during this time. Congratulations. How has that been so far, the first seven months? Good. He sleeps all night. Sleeps for uh, about 12 hours straight, so it's been easy. So if he, okay, this is 2020, so 15, so 2035 will be his WHL Bantam draft year. Yeah. <laughs> has he got that, you got that circled already on the calendar? Yeah, he can't even sit up by himself here. <laughs> well, we'll look back on this someday, and you know, yeah. hopefully, I mean, if all goes well, I won't still be the voice of the Brandon Weekings by then, but maybe if I am, we can reflect back uh, on this. Uh, Jay, obviously your career was one of uh, you know relative consistency, and I want to go back. We like to ask these guys, you know, when we bring you on, you know, what did you know about the Brandon Weekings? I know you're relatively local, being kind of from the area a little bit, but, you know, that – transition from you know midget to the Brandon Weekings what did you know when you finally put pen to paper and came into the organization um not uh not a whole bunch you know you grow up uh, going to tournaments in Brandon and then obviously going to the games and watching the Weekings growing up but um yeah it's uh definitely a, a a real big change especially uh moving away from home and uh moving away from your home school and going to school in Brandon. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a shock the first year. It's busy. Who are some of the guys that kind of helped bring you into the organization in that first year? Like, who are some of the players that you first remember? Um, living with Jeff Pilko at our billets uh, the first year. Definitely uh, hung around him lots. Um, Mark Durlego, um, Tyler Dittmer. Guys like that, and then we had our our young crew of school guys, Kale Jeffries and Nathan Green. Um, so yeah, we had a pretty solid team to come into, and uh, a lot of good older guys to uh, teach us the ropes. Well, in your 
four years, you guys played a lot of playoff hockey. You played 11 uh, games the first year, uh, only six the second year, but then 24 playoff games in your last two years. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, you know, Brandon's always had such a, you know, a playoff uh, mentality, and it just seems like, you know, realistically, the team's only missed the playoffs three times since I've been alive. Um, was that always the the mindset? Like, I know when Kelly McCrimmon was in charge, both as coach and GM, you know, he had a certain way of doing it. Was it kind of first day of training camp? He came in and you know set the set the bar right off the hop with all you guys. Yeah, I think expectations are were always high, especially with Kelly. Um, I think he got got the best out of out of our teams. And, uh, yeah, like there was no, no, uh, no real goofing around or nothing. It was, uh, it was business. Um, is he a little intimidating as a young kid? Like at at what point were you comfortable knocking on his door when you were 20 and you were leaving? Is that kind of the point you felt comfortable? No, yeah. Never comfortable going to that office. (laughs) Besides seeing Chewy's goofy face. That's about it. (laughs) So love the photo that's the, that that's on your awesome black and gold wall, by the way. Very weekingish. Yeah. <laughs> but that that uniform in particular. Let's just talk though about the Memorial Cup year, a very special year. I gotta think of as a player going into it, knowing that not only is your spot already booked, but because of that, the support in the community and the fan attendance throughout the year. I mean, on on paper, it's the most well attended Week King season that there that there's ever been. What was it like to to go into that year knowing what you guys had in store? Yeah, for sure, it was it was exciting. Um, it was nerve wracking too because we had real good twenty year olds, uh, Matt Calvert, uh, Lodnick, and Dell Cowan. So you, we knew that one of us was uh, was going, and unfortunately, Dell was the one. But um, yeah, it was it was such an exciting year all the way through. You get to that game. Now, I was I was still in college in Brandon and I remember I was sitting in section 21, 22, uh kind of on the bowl on the end when, you know, you guys were playing in the semifinal. Uh going into that game, obviously the pressure was through the roof. Do you remember what it was like coming into the rink and preparing for that game? Was it different than any other game because of what was on the line, or or how did you guys approach your your preparation for that night? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of anxiousness. Um, man, that's a long time ago to remember details like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think the excitement though of it all makes uh, makes everybody ready to play. It doesn't matter uh, doesn't matter who you are. Was Tony Rayala? a real underrated player in the Western hockey league. Cause I've said that from day one and had he not had to go back to Finland for whatever military duty was required of him and whatever the case may be, you know, I know he was a little small, but did he have a legitimate shot? Cause I think he was underrated. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't did. He was with Edmonton, I believe. I think they drafted him, but if I'm not mistaken, he had to go home for some sort of government related reason. I think the following year, wasn't it? Yeah, he talked about something to do with the military or something he had to go back for. But yeah, definitely he was underrated. He Great is, hair too. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you're Octomolet. <laughs> okay, so now let's get into the goal, Jay. So it's the big game. You're facing Calgary, huge rivals at the time leading up to this. 
home team. I mean, even me being a Manitoban, I was working out in Alberta at a radio station with a couple of Manitobans. We had a watch party. We were just north of Calgary, so a bunch of Hitman fans versus the Wheat King fans. So it was almost like we were there, but of course not just because that that noise and the atmosphere. But what do you remember from that goal? And I got to think that's the most memorable goal of your career. Or is it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what uh, what scored, exactly scored, do you remember of it? I scored some big ones against Altona in the uh, SMHL a couple of years ago. No, uh, um, I don't remember much about it. Um, I've watched the video a couple times online the last couple of days. Um, I gave or I can't remember if I gave it up to uh, Rayala or if uh, Lewodnik did. But, um, yeah, just went up the ice and Tony dropped it and I put it on net. I think it, it was It was so strange to me at the time because of where I was sitting. You know, I had that view of all of you guys going up the ice. And when Tony dropped it to you, every defender just followed him as he crossed the ice. Like it yeah. was like everybody just got out of your way to shoot. And did you, did you, ha- do you remember? Did you pick your spot or did you just close your eyes and let it rip? No, I just let it rip. I think it might have went five hole. It was right along the ice. And I think it fooled, I think when everybody crossed in front of, was Martin Jones? Was it Martin Jones, the goalie at the time? Uh, I think it fooled him when everybody crossed in front of him. And it really obviously sent the Keystone into an absolute frenzy. And there's so many people that have commented over the last week, because, of course, the anniversary of the goal was last week, saying that that's the loudest they've ever heard the Keystone. When the puck went in, do you remember any of the celebration, or was it all just such a blur? No, it was a, it was a blur. I got mauled there. Herbom, I think, took me into the boards. <laughs> it set up a, a final that was obviously a little anticlimactic with the loss at the hands of Windsor. But yeah. did did that game against Calgary maybe just take a little bit too much out of everybody because of what was on the line? And once you won that game, there wasn't much left in the tank. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was a pretty big emotional win for us, that's for sure. Um, and then going in. Um, Windsor, that was that was a heck of a team though. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, what it was about them, but uh, yeah, they spanked us twice there. That's some good players. I think Taylor Hall. Yeah. I'm surprised that he survived Travis Hamonic trying to kill him in the first game to come back and be as good as he was. Because I yeah. mean, everybody thought that was the end of Taylor Hall's career. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how he came back from that. Okay, Jay, so then after you uh, move on from the Wee Kings, what, what happens after that with your hockey career? Um, I went to uh, Minnesota's uh, rookie camp or, uh, in Traverse City into that tournament, and then I uh, had a cup of coffee in uh, Houston, went to camp in Houston, and then it was a busy, I uh, took a lot of flights and about couple months there um and then i went to acadia with uh actually there was a few weekings on acadia um andrew clark nathan green so i went there for a couple months and found out i didn't really enjoy school that much and then i flew over to dresden germany and played out the rest of the year was playing in europe you know something you uh really em- embraced obviously you were only there for a short period of time but i mean w- was it everything you thought it would be and you know what what did you remember specifically about your short time in germany yeah it was uh it was definitely different living there um the the thing that 
stands out to me the most is the a couple of the rinks. They're open on the one side, so it's like outdoors, and uh, so you can kind of feel the wind coming in, going one way. <laughs> but no, it was it was an awesome experience. And we were kind of touching on it a little bit before. Was it your decision to not return back overseas? Like, did you have an opportunity and just decided, you know what, it's time to, to move home? Or, or how did your kind of pro hockey career come to an end? Yeah, I never, uh, after I flew home that year, I never really pursued going back. So um, I was I was done at that point, I think. I was uh, committed to uh, to just moving back home. And obviously, that was an easy transition for you because obviously a whole bunch of your buddies and everything, you jumped right back into the senior hockey thing and you've been playing for a number of years. Was it nice to get into the senior hockey where there is all of a sudden no pressure? You can just go out there and have a little fun and have a few beers afterwards. Was that a big change for you? Because I know some guys, you know, even guys here in Verdon where I live, they had a hard time going from junior to senior because maybe the competition wasn't there, the competitive level wasn't there. Was it an easy transition for you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's, well, it was a lot of fun, I guess. I didn't play last year, but, um, yeah, it was actually, our league was really strong at that point. Um, and we had a pretty good rivalry, rivalry with Altona. Um, and Devin Blanc was on, uh, on Altona. So they had, they had a real good squad. So it was, uh, there was a lot of battles and there's a lot of, actually, a, a lot of hatred between Morden and Altona in that league. I think that's the case. Most of these senior leagues, I think, I think maybe one or both of LeBlanc brothers play in Verdon now. I think it's, is it both? I'm not even sure. I'd have to check the whole roster here, but I know one of them does. And every time Verdon plays Elkhorn, somebody usually leaves in an ambulance because somebody's beating the snot <laughs> out of the other guy. And it's usually the Bulls. There's three or four Bulls brothers playing on Elkhorn. And it usually turns into a big <laughs> brawl. <laughs> some guys just can't quit. Some guys just can't lay off and just have some fun. Yeah, ah, that's what makes it fun too. So, what's up well, now for the summer? Oh, sorry, Crow, I kind of cut out there. What was speed that? Speed questions. What's that, Chris? No, sorry, they kind of glitched out there. You keep going. Oh, well, my dog was barking out in the hallway too. I wonder there might be a raccoon running across the yard or something. But um, <laughs> we gotta ask you a few rapid fire questions. Oh boy. Um, we you know we we try and do this with everybody. Uh, so we'll start with this one. I like this one the best. Favorite rink to play in, aside from Brandon in the Western League, and your least favorite rink to play in the Western League? Favorite rink was Calgary. Least favorite was the old rink at in Medicine Hat. Really? Why would that be? A lot of people said they liked the old one compared to the new one. Uh, well, maybe it was the guys that were playing in Medicine Hat at that time. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be it. You guys had some <laughs> battles back in the day. Uh, all right, here's mine. Toughest teammates you've ever played with? and the toughest opponent you've ever played against? Toughest guy I've ever played with? Probably Mark Lewis. And sorry, what was the second one? Who's the toughest player you've ever played against? Oh. Like, is there one guy that you're just like, oh, man, this is going to be tough. I don't like this. I hate this. Uh, I don't know. Um, Lucic, my first year, was pretty intimidating. I would guess so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Luckily, you only played him once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't on Regina. And Mark, and Mark Lewis fought him that, that game. So. Yeah, if he was in Regina and pounding into the Keystone concrete wall every night, that might have been a different uh, different yeah. factor. Uh, do you remember, you know, obviously you guys had a lot of great 
you know, times on the road and, and different things like that. What do you remember from life on the bus? Because I know that, you know, the hours that I spend on the bus, our bus is probably a little more luxurious than what you guys had uh, back then as obviously technology advances in, you know, DVDs and iPads and things like that. What do you remember about killing time on those long bus trips? Uh, Luber snoring. No, uh, no playing, playing cards with the boys. Um, Crow, Crow has filled that spot beautifully, is from what I heard as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little transition issues when everything happened, but that was not one of them. So that's good. Yeah, actually, Scooter is the one that snores now. Uh, oh, yeah. Anybody? Scooter is like a giant grizzly bear. He makes a little den out of blankets <laughs> in a sleeping bag. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Do they still have the folding bunks on the bus? There are. They took them off, but there are still uh, two at the back, and I want to say that's it. So a couple of 20-year-olds get to fight over the bunks, but everything else is seats, but they've changed it now. So instead of, say, a regular 55-passenger bus, it's like a 30-passenger bus. So everybody's got more room, and each seat has like a footrest, and it actually reclines a lot farther than like the half inch that they used to recline. Oh, yeah. um, but the DVD player rarely works. Uh, the speakers are very average. And uh, the old CD, the post-game win song, all that stuff, it's, uh, it's not the best audio when you fire that up on the bus. But I have to admit, the running joke is that that win song CD goes back to when you guys uh, started that way back in the mid-2000s. That CD's got nothing left of it anymore. <laughs> I, I had to make a digital copy. I had to make a digital copy just in case that CD player finally crapped out while they're on the road. And I was making the list. I was like, you want me to update this a little bit? They're like, no, you can't update it. I'm like, All right. I don't think that list has changed yet in a long there time. There are some bad songs on that. Like, did you do the whole roll into the city and then you fire up the tunes to wake the guys up as you're getting yeah. to the rink? That yeah. CD is exactly the same, Jay. I'm not kidding you. Same songs. <laughs> it has on there. Yeah. I think Falco might have slipped in a couple of new ones when you did the digital version. I think you might have slipped in a couple of songs. And I remember for that one, having... for that one, because they requested it. They're like, because that's not really tradition after like a win, but that the, the whole the whole win playlist that one could never change apparently. So yeah, I remember you slipped in a couple of songs, and the, I, I was the music guy because of where I sat, and I pushed play, and a new song played, and David Anning, who was the coach at the time, just looked at me and said, "What is this?" You can't change this. Hockey players and superstitions, Jay. Who is one of the players that you've played with? No, not just the Wheat Kings, maybe in any of your travels. Who's one guy that came across you like just some weird superstitious um, something that that player did? Oh. Or maybe is it you? Was there something that you always had to do on a game day or before a game? Um... I would lay on the couch at my billets, and Aaron Wadnick would play video games all afternoon, and I'd watch him play video games. You were, he lived, you were ahead of your time. Of he, li- <laughs> he lived outside of town, so he would just come to my billets for the afternoon on game days, and he would just play video games, because if you ever met that guy, he was just wired all the time. So what was the game of choice back then? Was it NHL or were you playing Madden or what was the game of choice? It was Call of Duty. Still. Yeah. Boys are still playing Call of Duty and Fortnite and I think it's hasn't changed all that much. I don't think there's still a lot of guys that are heavy gamers. Is that how you guys killed a lot of your off time uh, back in the mid two thousands or 
I mean, you weren't really binging Netflix or anything like the guys are now. What were you guys doing on your off days? Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of video games. There's a lot of time to kill in a day, um, especially when you're not in school. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's a change. When you're going to school, it's busy, busy. But uh, and then we had workouts on when I was there. Anyways, workouts on Mondays and Wednesdays, some something like that. Anyways. But uh, no, lots of video games. And were were you around out. during the the free movie pass days? Yes, that was awesome. The guys lived at the movie theater, I guess, for a number of years. Um, just while that deal was in place, uh, a lot of a lot of off days apparently spent there. Yeah, you see see the new movies twice or three times. <laughs> uh, I know the guys now, for the most part, their go to day off or even practice day food stop is Cadoba in Brandon. And of course, uh, that's owned by, you know, another former Western leaguer in Laird Lidster who also owns the Dairy Queen. So he's kind of got the monopoly on the hockey player diet with the Mexican food and the ice cream. But where was the, where was your guys' go-to like after practice, if you were going to grab a bite to eat, what was your go-to place? Uh, what's that little, um, it turned into a Boston pizza. Uh, right by the rink on Richmond? No, uh, it's cr- it's behind the Seven Eleven, across from the Vic Inn. Oh, it was uh, it's it's the Chili Chutney now. But what was it? <sighs> oh, I can't remember. Because it, it's gone through a few things. It's now a, it's an Indian food place now. It was it was a pizza it. joint, anyways. That's where we went after pretty much every game. I should be able to think of it, but I can't. Now, I can I can picture the sign, but I just can't come up with it um you you obviously had you know a ton of great you know support from coaches and and everything and obviously led by kelly mccrimmon what what did he do for you or you know if you were to try and talk some young mordenite who's drafted by the weekings you know and the relationship you had with kelly what sort of things would you uh be what kind of stories would you be telling yeah he's he was uh he was an awesome coach um and he would uh he would tell you straight up if you weren't doing it, doing what he wanted. That's for sure. <laughs> I remember uh, my first exhibition game. I think it was in Regina, and I from AAA. I would just go back and get the puck behind the net and go up the ice and do whatever with it. And so I did that the first game. And he's like, "Never do that again." <laughs> so, <laughs> But, uh, no, Kelly is awesome. Um, he always treated me good. Um, yeah, it was, uh, he was always, uh, always great to me. He's definitely not a guy who's going to, who's, who, who's going to beat around the bush. He's going to get right to the point. Yeah, for sure. Have you stayed in touch uh, with, with Kelly at all? I, I know, you know, there's been some time since you played, but you know, between him and some of your teammates, who are who are guys that you still stay in relative contact with or, or play around a golf with? Um, right now I uh, I hang out with uh, Andrew Clark lots because he lives in Morden. What's he Andrew doing Clark? now? He just got back from. He think he played in Switzerland last year. So is he is he planning on going back to Europe if all this is done, or is he? I'm I'm not sure. Play? He hasn't said too much if he's still playing or what he's doing but all right jay so you're in morden i got to give a shout out to my buddy's restaurant you ever been to george's kitchen in morden yeah for sure awesome food Fan- chicken burger 
Oh, the chicken burger, pizzas, ice cream for ever around uh, Morden Crow. You got to stop and buy George's Kitchen. You know what? I can't remember the last time. I, maybe when I worked for the Verdon Oil Capitals and we played against Winkler, might have been the last. I, I just, I mean, even though I grew up in Boisevane, which isn't all that far from Morden down the highway past Killarney, I just, I have had no family in the area. I've never really had any reason to go to Morden. But, you know, if all this shakes out, I'm going to be looking for places to go this summer. And, I mean, ultimately, I'm assuming most of the festivals, including the corn and apple, will probably be postponed or canceled. But certainly have to put that yeah. on the list uh, moving forward. Uh, Jay, you touched on, you know, you've got a young kid now and, um, you know, he's, what do you say, seven months old now. Yeah. At what point, uh, you know, are you hoping he plays hockey? Are you hoping he wants to be an athlete? To, does it matter at this point? Or, or what are your thoughts on him uh, playing hockey in the future? Yeah, I hope he does. I enjoy, uh, I still enjoy going down to the rink and shooting the shit with, uh, with everybody. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he, uh, wants to play. I, I won't force him to play, but. Will you be coach dad? I don't know. You don't <laughs> know if you can handle that? A couple of years ago. And it's, uh, it's a lot of work coaching. Well, I think it's also probably tough if you have a kid on the team, too. I know my dad coached growing up. Luckily, I was a goalie, so I didn't have much to deal with my own father, but I couldn't imagine if I had to play out, like forward or defense with my dad as a coach. I think I would have hated it. Some kids love it, but sometimes, you know, having your dad on the bench and not in the crowd might be too much, especially when your dad had the junior career you did. Every other parent that's like a beer league guy will be looking at you for all the answers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what's up now for you uh, for, 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 for the summer, Jay? Like you said, like like you were still having to work, so no real big plans, just kind of hanging around home then? Yeah, me and uh, my wife enjoy camping. We're actually, uh, speaking of boys of Ain, we're going to Adam Lake. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in a few weeks on July long, so. You like, so... You like fishing too then? There you go. That's yeah. what... <laughs> I want to talk fishing for a minute, Crow, if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean... yeah, you guys have at it. I've I've probably fished a. What was that? Lake Minnewasta and Morden, best crappie fishing. Really, eh? See, I've never I've never been there. Yeah. Whereabouts? Like outside Morden. Yeah, it's just west of town. Basically, right in town. And just like not very big. No, you can get a boat in there, but it's yeah, it's a pretty small lake. Well, Falco just bought himself a fancy new kayak, and it's. Got a trolling. Did you get the trolling motor for it yet? I literally was installing that right before we were doing this. I finished making the bracket, so now it goes in and out of the rod holders sweetly. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. So we're gonna get that out here because yeah, Jay. The other day, so I got I got two boys. I have a five and an eleven year old. Well, we went out fishing on the kayaks. The five year old can't really paddle, so I have the tow rope. Well, now I'm paddling for two kayaks on a choppy lake with a bit of whitecaps. I had zero fun. I did a hundred percent of the work and I was beat up for two days after. I'm like, this is, this is not going to happen again. So I went and bought a trolling motor. And so now when I go out, we can, we, 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 we can definitely do both. But no, I probably fished 90% of the days that the season's been open already. Um, with all this going on, just kind of just like a relaxing thing, if anything, just getting out to the river or the lake, but always looking for a new lake. I've already fished probably six, seven different lakes this year. So I'll head on down there, go see Dennis, go to George's, get myself some lunch and then. Go hit up that lake there. 
Well, Jay, uh, we're going to have to uh, wind this up. We've taken enough of your time, and I'm sure that uh, you got plenty on the agenda on such a nice day. But uh, certainly, this was uh, this was something we had to do. I know last week there was so much attention on you know the Jay Fair goal and and what it all meant to the organization. And you know, I, I was talking to Bruce Lubke, uh, and I sent a tweet out uh, from the team account, uh, basically transcribing his play-by-play call, which. To me, being the radio guy now and, and growing up listening to Luber was still one of my favorite calls ever. And I don't know if you at any point had happened to tune into a weekend game over the last couple of years, but actually that goal call from Luber is part of our intro to the broadcast every night still. So Jay Fair still gets radio airtime like 10 <laughs> years later. Uh, but uh, he said his response to the tweet was that was his favorite all-time goal to call uh, despite all the WHL championships and other big moments, it was, in his mind, the biggest moment in Weeking history because of the stage and because it happened on home ice. Uh, and that's a guy that was, you know, part of the organization from, yeah. you know, 1990, early 90s to 2016. So for him to say that that was the biggest moment in Brandon Weeking history because of all of that, does that register at all with you? Or do you, I mean, you yeah, spend a lot of time with Luber. Do you think he's crazy? I don't know. There's tough to say. It wasn't the championship game, I guess, but it was a uh, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool moment for sure. And uh, Bruce has seen a seen a lot of games in his day. Well, that'll be a cool video to show your kid when he's old enough to comprehend what's going on. Because there's a lot of people, and and you know, I get a lot of Weeking fans on the road. You know, they always want to stop and chat, and, and it's usually one of the first couple things that they say is. Uh, where were you when that goal was scored? What do you remember? And I say, I don't remember a whole lot. I was in college. That goal went in. We all went straight to the bar. And, yeah, I don't remember much after that. <laughs> Everyone was just so happy that you guys won. So, uh, Jay, this was awesome. Appreciate it. Best of luck to you and your wife in uh, raising a another young Wheat King prospect, hopefully in, in a handful of years. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Jay. Appreciate it. So here's the awkward part, Chris. This is where you, like, try and boot – Jay out, right? There you that, go. There he is. Gone. I like Jay. Um, Jay's a good guy. Just a good no, old country boy. Love it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that come and go in the hockey world. And, you know, I see a lot of them, and I'm still young in my career, but it's always the small town guys that everybody loves. You know, we've talked about Connor Gutenberg and how he is the most listened to, most viewed podcast we've had. Um, you know, and that's that's about Bob McKenzie, Kelly McCrim, and Ray Ferraro, Darren Drager, all these guys. People love these guys, and Jay was another one of those guys. I know it was before your time, before my time, but it, I think Luber's right. It, it's arguably one of the biggest moments in franchise history. Listen, like I, I grew up in Russell. We got to come in a couple of times when we were kids. You know, watch Weeking games growing up. Um, never the like you know huge playoff ones. It was just kind of random games we'd get in and, and get to kind of see. Uh, one of the first like real big memories of the run would have been really in 2010. I mean, we're out, like like we talked about, out in Alberta. And it was like that connection to the Manitoba Roots that kind of brought us together to kind of celebrate rather than having it and then having those watch parties. And uh, it's one of those things where, like, there's not a whole lot of weekend goals I can think about and know exactly where I was. I remember exactly where I was in my living room, who was in the living room with me. I remember, like, so much about that, about the whole event and we did it for multiple games that tournament, but that was, of course, the one, right? It was versus Calgary. It was so much on the line, but it was that rivalry at the time. It was just, 
it wasn't like it was just a birth in the final. It was there was a there was a lot of resentment between those two teams built up, and uh, yeah, I just I it's very hard to disagree that that's the biggest goal in Wee King history. And I and I think about it like you know from my perspective, you know, it was I was in college trying to get a radio degree because I knew that I wanted to be Bruce Lukey at some point and, and take his job whenever he retired and, and be the voice of the Brandon Weekings growing up being a fan. And, you know, I remember sitting in that section. Uh, it was at the top of, I can't remember, 21, 22. The goal went in. Everybody went nuts. And I remember the next morning, uh, Luber posted the, the goal call audio um, on his blog. And I probably, in the history since that goal, I probably listened to that thing a thousand times and like I said I made it a part of our broadcast intro uh Luber did such an amazing job of just capturing the moment uh and letting the fans just kind of speak for the moment right and I mean Perry Bergson as well we want to I want to tip our cap to him and the work he's doing this week in the Brandon Sun uh and the last handful of uh, days as well in his I don't I think it's a 16 part series or something ridiculous uh chronicling the championship season um, you know, that's some great moments as well. But without a doubt, Jay Fair, uh, great small town farm kid doing great things uh, in Morden. Um, so thanks for that. I got a couple of news and notes, Falco, I want to get to Go for uh, it. as we stretch this out a little bit. Um, tip of the cap to the Western Hockey League as well. Uh, they've been doing this WHL Beyond Hockey feature where they basically chronicle officials, um, broadcasters, former players uh, in the medical field, whether it be firefighter, paramedic, police, doctor, nurse, uh, any guy that's graduated, gone on, or has a career outside of hockey. And, and this week, they chronicled uh, Stefan uh, Lenoski, uh, who's a doctor in Winnipeg of, uh, at Legacy Sport Medicine. Um, and if you head to the WHL website, you can read all about his time in Brandon and what he's doing now. Uh, it's a great read. It's a long read, um, but certainly, you know, when you look at the long list of alumni that didn't make it to the NHL, guys that have had an impact on the real world, um, you know, Lenoski is certainly one of those guys, uh, a, a big part of the, the medical uh, sports science um, industry in Winnipeg, and it's a great read. Uh, we also, I also want to say, um, from my perspective, I wanted to ask you, Chris, did you see uh, the Calgary Flames TikTok from today. Did you see that? Not only did I see it, I made sure I was actually walking out of our office making sure some other people saw it as well because I thought that was really special and really well done. Um, yeah, I, I, you, I, I, again, not to harp on the old whole hometown, but growing up in Russell, Theron Fleury was from Russell. He's the hometown hero growing up. Uh, you know, I was five years old when they won the Stanley Cup in 89. That's the way my, my, one of my very first hockey memories is watching them with the Stanley Cup in the living room with my dad saying, this is special. He's from here. He's he's from here. I remember him saying that. And it just that always kind of stuck with me. So, yeah, no, that, that team always has a special place in my heart. And that, that video was was so well done. And to not just, you know, include the the little video of, of Brad, but right before for Ramage to give the put up the four and, and pay tribute to him as well, I thought that was really, really well done. Kudos on that. So for those of you that haven't seen it, if you go to the um, Calgary Flames alumni page, at Alumni Flames, you can also find it on at Hockey Night in Canada's Twitter page. It starts with Laddie McDonald. Now, some people may not know this, but when you win the Stanley Cup, um, every player gets a replica Stanley Cup, but it's miniature. It's probably the size of like a root beer mug from A&W, maybe a little bit bigger. Uh, every player gets one of those uh, along with their Stanley Cup ring. 
Um, and the Flames, because of social distancing, they couldn't have a you know an alumni party uh, to celebrate that on this day in 1989, May 25th, 1989, the Flames won their first and only Stanley Cup in franchise history. So uh, it basically was done social distancing-wise via cell phone, guys passing their miniature trophy from one guy to the next. And like you said, uh, they included, of course, uh, the late Brad McCrimmon in there as well. And then at the very end, um, they had another – as I accidentally turned the volume on – uh, they had another uh, couple of guys as well that uh, have, have since passed on. So uh, for a guy like me and you who are always looking for, for new content, it may have been simple, but I, I certainly liked it, and it was uh, it was pretty touching. Um, what else we got? Uh, a couple of other just little news and notes. Uh, we've got a couple of guests lined up here for the next couple of weeks. Now, just and- before I actually get into that, because I like our guest list, and I think this is worth us teasing just for another one minute. The oh, people yeah. are going to listen for this. we got some cool guests, but... Quickly, in answer to our question earlier, what was Chili Chutney before it was Chili Chutney? It was Miracles and then Parth- P- Parthenon Pizza. Parthenon for sure, pizza. that's what Jay was thinking of. Parthenon there Pizza. We go. So thanks to Aaron for that one. Okay, our guests upcoming. Crow, go ahead. Well, this week, uh, coming up on Monday, uh, for those of you Weeking fans that were at the Sportsman's Dinner, he was the comedian of the night. He is a hockey-loving Canadian comedian kelly taylor is going to join us he's one of the funniest comedians in canada he just started his own podcast tick with a side of tet uh, on spotify it's absolutely hilarious his twitter page at tick taylor is an unbelievable follow especially now during covid him and his wife have both been kind of stopped from working obviously comedians you can't have a bar full of people and whatever else uh he's hilarious and the best part is he was an emergency backup goalie for the Brandon Week Kings in the 90s with like Darren Ritchie and Marty Murray and those guys. And he He's, tells the, yeah. the funniest stories. He still has a Week King tie. So this is fantastic. And he is such a good comedian. Uh, he's been at the Sports Center now for actually a, a, a few times. Every couple of years uh, now try and bring him back because he's just so well loved. And uh, yeah, if you talk to anybody who was there this past year, it was one of the funniest sets he's ever done. So not to put pressure on it, but just looking forward to having him on. It's going to be a real good time uh, next week. And the week after that, for fans of those mid-90s teams, there's one iconic duo that sort of comes to mind in terms of goal scoring in the mid-90s. We have one of them confirmed, and the other one, I was twisting his arm today. I'm pretty sure we're going to get him now that we have the other one. But, uh, Crow, do you want to reveal the news? Because you're the one who did the work on this, so kudos. But I'm, I'm super excited for this. Well, he's another guy like Jay Fair, who was kind of in the news in the last couple of weeks. And not for an anniversary of a big moment, but for kind of a promotion of sorts. Uh, Marty Murray uh, has recently accepted a new position in the USHL uh, with the Sioux Falls Stampede, uh, moving up from the North American League where he was coaching in Minot. Uh, and he is confirmed for, what is that, the week of the 8th? June Monday. 8th. Yeah, Monday, June 8th. We got Marty Murray Marty confirmed. Murray. And then trying to also confirm, I'm sure he's going to join him, uh, his uh, scoring uh, teammate at the time, the iconic duo, Darren Ritchie. Of course, GM of the Brandon Wee Kings. Uh, but uh, Rich and Murray, those two are going to... I, I know they have stories, I mean, obviously, but it'd be, it'd be really good if we can get them to, to, to get on here together. So hopefully that does come to fruition, but for sure, Marty Murray on June 8th. So a couple weeks here, all set, good to go. Yeah, and it's another one of those uh, where, you know, we talked about getting Rich on to talk more about his his playing days. We, I know we've, we've grilled him about all the professional GMing stuff and all the 
um, you know, the everyday monotony of, of being a GM, but there's nothing better than when, you know, Darren Ritchie opens up and tells some great stories about uh, his time as a player and, you know, the different environments, the rinks, the brawls, the warmups, the equipment, everything uh, that the wild West that was the early nineties uh, in the Western hockey league. And uh, to have him and uh, you know, if you can convince him, and I mean, if we're talking about it now, you know, we'll get other couple other people twisting his arm. Uh, but uh, between him and Marty Murray, that's coming up on the eighth of June. But yeah, next week, Kelly Taylor, check out his new podcast. Uh, it's on Spotify. Uh, Tick with a side of Tet. So T-I-C with a side of T-E-T. I don't know what that means. We'll have to ask him about it. Uh, but I admit, I, I've the last couple sportsman's dinners, the comedians, uh, Steve Patterson uh, from the debaters two years ago and Kelly Taylor this year, I was, I was crying. I was laughing so hard at Kelly Taylor this year. So he's excited to come on. He's a Prince Albert guy. He loves Braden Schneider. Absolutely loves Braden Schneider. I know it's not our guest next week. He's mentioned Steve Patterson from two years ago. I still have this book beside me. I got a copy when uh, when 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 he was here. Uh, he's another guy. Maybe we should actually email because he was he was really good when when he was here too. I like him. And everybody, you know, some people might say, "Oh, what are you doing? You're getting comedians. It's a hockey podcast. What's going on?" Well, if you look, and I can't really explain it, but if you look at the official podcast picture. For uh, Kelly Taylor, it is a hockey picture, uh, him in his prime. I can't really describe it on podcast form. Basically, it's from a, down the hallway behind him. He's a goalie bent over, and he's not wearing pants. So it's, <laughs> it's actually hilarious. But really looking forward to that. Uh, we know it's the summertime. It's going to be hard to talk hockey all summer long. So we're going to mix it up, add a few uh, few different angles, and just uh, try and keep this uh, fun, light, Wheat King Weekly Harvest podcast going. Uh, I know we didn't go as long with Jay um, this this week as we have with other guests in the past who, uh, you know, maybe in the media um, love to tell more stories. But Jay, uh, you could just tell that, uh, you know, that his time in Brandon was was special to him. And uh, it's hopefully, you know, uh, he enjoyed his time and fans uh, like listening to what he had to say. Sure. Hope so. If you have any uh, questions or comments you want to pass along to us, the email inbox is always open. It's qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. That's the letter Q weeklyharvest at gmail.com. Of course, you can uh, listen to this podcast at qcountryfm.ca, the radio station website, or download it wherever you listen to your traditional podcast beginning Tuesday at noon, uh, live streaming Monday nights at 8 o'clock, which we will continue. So one more time, next Monday night, 8 o'clock, we're back here live with Kelly Taylor. The following Monday, Marty Murray and Darren Ritchie, we're going to twist his arm, and we're going to get them on. And uh, however you're listening, whenever you're listening, even if it's over a couple minutes, we definitely appreciate it. So thank you for that. Yeah, and let us know. I mean, you're on Twitter, Falco, personally. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter as well. You're at, uh, at underscore Falco, F-A-L-K-O. Uh, I'm at Brandon underscore Crow. Also, we both monitor the team, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, if you don't have any of those, send us a message. Let, let us know. What, what do you like? What do you don't like? What do you want to see? Who do you want to hear from? Uh, we're always looking for ideas um, and, and different stories we can tackle. And maybe we can bring Perry back on here, although I don't know if he knows how to use his webcam on his computer. But I'd love to talk to him a little bit about his uh, recent Brandon Sun chronicling of the championship season as well. But uh, and yeah, send us a message anywhere. Uh, we're always keeping an eye on it. So let us know. And good job mentioning that. And also, I want I know you've already given him kudos, but I, I got to do the same to Perry. He has done an incredible job. I mean, he always does. Like we, we, we've talked about this over the years. He, he's an incredible, incredible reporter for the Week Kings, what he does for the coverage of the Brandon Sun. But the amount of time and effort and work he's put into this recent championship storytelling saga 
It is unbelievable. If you have not checked it all out, go online, brandonson.com. Uh, you know, help help support the paper too. Um, you know, go and get your subscription. Go check it out. But he's done a fantastic job covering it, and it, it's been great even for me just to kind of relive it and telling stories that I either forgot or didn't know myself. Even you know, being here that year, so it's been really cool to kind of relive that. Thanks to Perry. Yeah, and if anybody out there uh, want, if any of the barber shops out there want to sponsor the podcast, I mean, look at this. It's the all hair team here. I got quite the mullet going on back here too. On the it's... plus side, we could start an emo band yeah, because because I feel like if we just come up with some name like I got like, too much product in here, I can't pull it down. The rings. My wife's like moose in my hair. It's like rock solid. My my life is like the rink. It's gone dark. <laughs> All right, that's enough for this Monday. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, Again, subscribe wherever uh, you get your podcasts and uh, let us know, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. And thank you for Microsoft for only taking a week for me to figure out how to fix our sound issues here. So I'm (laughs) glad that we got that figured out in time. But no, thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. Cheers.